Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Guardian. We are in the Royal Albert Hall, which is not something I thought I would be saying in relation to this podcast, but we found a way, um, got us some tickets to PlayStation in concert, so we're going to hear some video game music played by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. What I'm liking about it is it's very red, which is my favourite colour, so all the seats are red, there are red curtains everywhere, it's very fancy, it's round, there's lots of tears, the stage is enormous, probably because there's going to be an entire orchestra on it. I can tell there are a lot of video game fans because there are people in cosplay dressed as video game characters, there are people with video game t-shirts. The other day, I was visiting a friend who was watching a television show called Rich House, Poor House, in which families from opposite ends of the wealth spectrum swap homes for a week. I wasn't paying much attention until the background music changed to something deeply familiar, and I was immediately transported back in time as I blurted out, that's from The Sims. Outside of being a presenter for Chips With Everything, I also write and talk about video games. They're a big part of my life, and I'm not alone. Billions of people play games. They're as much a part of culture as film and television. And now, they have their own concert at the Royal Albert Hall. The world premiere of PlayStation in Concert, which took place on May 30th, 2018, featured music from games for PlayStation consoles from the 90s through to today. Arranged by Jim Fowler and performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, my producer Danielle Stevens and I took the opportunity to dress up and see the show for ourselves. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it changes from kind of the original PlayStation stuff to the PlayStation 4 stuff. Um, the Royal Albert Hall was opened by Queen Victoria in 1871, seats more than 5,000, and hosts events like the 1968 Eurovision Song Contest the 100th anniversary of the Royal Variety performance and the annual BBC Proms. So what does it mean for video games that they're being presented in these hallowed halls? Do we need the blessing of other, you know, cultural institutions to be proud, you know, gamers? And I think we don't need to beg for scraps at the table anymore. We are here. And what if a budding composer sees how far video game music has come and wants to get involved? Where should they start? And what's the future of this industry? 
Now when we're um, entering into virtual reality, I've done a bunch of VR games lately, and uh, music for VR is its own unique creature. Uh, so it, uh, there are a lot of different kinds of considerations for that. This is Chips with Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Good evening, and welcome to the incredible Royal You're hearing the voice of Jessica Curry, a BAFTA-winning video game composer, among other things. I'm a composer and um, co-founder of games development company The Chinese Room, and I seem to have inadvertently become a classic FM presenter and now presenting on stage at the Royal Albert Hall this evening. (laughs) I spoke to Jessica before the concert, and I was interested to hear how we got to a point where video game music was being performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra at the Royal Albert Hall. Well, I think it's something that had been coming for a long time. I think the hunger for it was absolutely palpable from everybody, from orchestras, from uh, Sony PlayStation. The fans definitely wanted it. And so I think it's just something that feels like the right place, the right time. I'm particularly passionate about getting games music into classical spaces. It just shows we've made it. We did it. What are some of your favourite pieces from the concert programme? It's hard, genuinely, to pick favourite pieces because I think that so many of them bring back so many memories. Like, even if it's not your favourite piece of music necessarily, it brings back an amazing gaming moment. Um, I think hearing the new God of War... by Bear McCreary is going to be amazing. I've not heard that live. There's a world-exclusive Moss uh, by Jason Graves. He is, for me, one of the very best video games composers out there, so I think that's going to be really exciting that basically nobody's heard it and nobody's heard this arrangement. So I think there's going to be, yeah, just a plethora of golden tracks tonight, to be honest. So uh, plenty of people listen to video game music outside of the context of actually playing a game. And my producer, Danielle, actually told me that her roommate doesn't even play games, but still listens to the soundtracks. Why do you think that people, whether they play games or not, do enjoy listening to video game music as the standalone experience? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, actually, because it's the same with film. You know, I listen to a lot of film soundtracks that I haven't actually seen the film of. And I think once you attach yourself to a certain composer, like I love Thomas Newman, for example, I will listen to anything that Thomas Newman does with a really open heart and mind because I love him. And that fortunately has been the same for me. And I know a lot of other video game composers that whatever they put out, there is a hunger to listen. You know, a lot of people couldn't play So Let Us Melt which was our game that we made for Google Daydream last year because they didn't own the hardware. But so many people have bought the vinyl because they love my music. And I think it's like film. It's got to that stage and that size where people know that amazing quality music played by the best orchestras in the world is going to come out of those experiences. And I think it's so different, isn't it, whether you've played a game or have watched a film before you listen to the music. It transforms the experience 
but both are equally valid. And I found that a lot with the classic FM show, actually, that a lot of people have never played a video game in their lives, but they love tuning into the show because it's great music and great music transcends its original genre, I think. But obviously, most people do hear a video game soundtrack when they're actually playing the game. So how important is music to that play experience? It's absolutely vital. I mean, I am very biased being a video game composer. So I'm going to say, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. But, I, you know, obviously they accompany us through our lives. You know, some of the, you know, God of War, for example, it's a, it's a PlayStation 2 title. It is still going on today. It's accompanied people through marriages, births, deaths, you know, the, losing their jobs, all the best and worst experiences in their life. And I think it takes on that iconic reading if you you do play games it goes past it's just a piece of music for a lot of people it really has a very deep emotional meaning for people and I think that's what's going to make the concert tonight so incredible is that everyone is bringing their emotional experiences with them and that that those memories and I think that's going to be really powerful can you think of any examples where maybe the relationship between the music and the video game has kind of gone badly? So a sense where maybe the music didn't fit the game or maybe the music was just bad and kind of what does what kind of effect does that have if the music doesn't work? Yeah, I was on the uh, BAFTA jury a few years ago for music and it was Nino Cooney. I'm by Joe Hirashi and it is the most incredible score. It's beautifully orchestrated, thematically it's so strong but it was really badly implemented into the game. And I think it meant, I can't remember now, but I'm pretty sure it didn't go through. And I think that's so important. We all know that the people that are working within the industry isn't just about creating a great soundtrack. It also has to be a living, breathing part of the game. And if you separate out those two things it's at your peril because it definitely does have a really big impact on your enjoyment and your sense of immersion I think within a world Do you think we're going to see video game music compete properly with mainstream music in the future? Um, Is that even something that video game music wants? Yeah, um, husband Dan and I talk about this a lot in terms of do we need the blessing of other, you know, cultural institutions to be proud, you know, gamers? And I think we don't need to beg for scraps at the table anymore. We are here. So what's it been like for you hearing the songs from games you played maybe decades ago? Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, you hear them, you hear them at home when you're playing them. It's, it's an immersive experience because you're playing. But it's great to just come and see it being played live because you get to see what instruments are played, how they're played. And it's good, it's good to get gaming out, out there, you know, so I think it should have done this a lot sooner. So if this concert is anything to go by, video game music has proved that it has a place in culture. But will this increased recognition encourage new composers to try their hand at this interactive medium? And how would they go about it? It's easy right now to get into games because they're not as prohibitively difficult as they used to be for uh, an amateur game or someone who hasn't gotten into it. So, But I think really becoming familiar with what games are and the kind of experiences you have is crucial. We'll look into that more after this break. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. 
I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Make space this weekend. Space for films about Chilean romance, plays about millennial angst, and poetry that makes you want to write poetry. Those new jackfruit superfood samosas, or not. A writer that's never been written about. The manager you might love, and opinions you might not. It's your weekend. Make space to be inspired. Pick up The Guardian and The Observer this weekend. Welcome back to Chips With Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Before the break, we spoke to Jessica Curry, the presenter of the world premiere PlayStation in Concert. But how exactly has the video game music industry changed, and how should composers adapt? Hello. Hi, Winifred, it's Jordan. Hi, Jordan. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Winifred Phillips is another award-winning video game composer and author of a book called A Composer's Guide to Game Music. She puts her success down to a combination of her experience composing for other forms of media and being in the right place at the right time. Well, it all started, uh, gosh, uh, it must have been around uh, 2003, I think. I was uh, finishing up work on another project, which was actually for the radio. And I'd always been a pretty avid gamer, so I remember um, I was playing the original Tomb Raider, and some of the music from the game starts playing, uh, classically inspired music, and I was listening to it. And I remember at that point, the idea of writing music for games first popped into my head. And then um, there, at one point, I'd done three games that were never released. I'd composed music for three separate games that just sort of died, and I was feeling really depressed. So I just kind of uh, decided to go for a Hail Mary pass, and I sent an email to Sony Computer Entertainment America. Actually, it's now called Sony Interactive Entertainment now. And uh, I spoke with their uh, head of music, and I just asked to be considered. And I think it was the timing, really, that 
was the part that mattered the most because I happened to, I happened to contact him at a point where they were looking at uh, their needs for a particular big project. Uh, they wanted to expand a single composer into a team because the music requirements for that game looked like they were going to be huge. So they were they were thinking about adding people, and I just happened to contact them at exactly the right time. So even if luck contributed to her big break. Winifred has continued to compose for a wide variety of video game soundtracks. How does the music industry within video games look? What kind of roles are there? And is it similar to other music industries? Well, I would actually say it's that similar to other music industries because the mu- music creation for games is very unique. It's interactive and there are lots of uh, technological requirements from people who work in uh, music for games that really aren't it, present in any other form of music composition or production. So you have to really specialize. So there are music directors and audio directors and music producers and things like that. And then, of course, there are music composers and some of us are in house but the majority of us are freelance. So we're uh, working all over the world and uh, we're working for lots of different uh, game developers. It's it's very interesting, unique kind of work because I've worked with developers that are located pretty much everywhere in the world. So it's been really interesting for me. Would you say that the video game music industry has changed much since you started? Um, Well, actually, yes. I think it it has changed quite a bit. Uh, The interactive... uh, constructs of music for games have become much more ambitious. Music has the ability to react instantaneously to the actions of the player and his his or her decisions. Those kinds of things which make music for games quite malleable. It's become more and more sophisticated as the years have gone by. The the tools and the technology have advanced. And now when we're uh, entering into virtual reality, I've done a bunch of VR games lately, and uh, music for VR is its own unique creature. Uh, So uh, there are a lot of different kinds of considerations for that. So that's been a fascinating thing to explore. It sounds like there's loads of work and kind of specializations and interesting things for people who want to compose video game music to do. And you've actually written a book called A Composer's Guide to Game Music that contains loads of advice for budding video game composers. So if anyone is listening to this and they want to start composing scores for PlayStation games, where would they start? Well, I think it helps if you either are a gamer or decide you're going to become one. Um, and it's at, it's easy right now to get into games because they're not as prohibitively difficult as they used to be for uh, an amateur gamer, someone who hasn't gotten into it. So, But I think really becoming familiar with what games are and the kind of experiences you have is crucial. And then after that, you can study uh, game scores written by other composers just to get a sense of how problems have been solved by, uh, by other artists in this area. And then and past this, you just uh, start kind of developing your familiarity with uh, with companies and publishers and, and trying to build up a list of contacts. Going to industry events like the Game Developers Conference and E3 are helpful because then you get the opportunity to meet people face to face. I mean, that's how I started. So it, I can attest that it can help. The good news is that uh, there are so many different kinds of games now, so many different platforms and different uh, developers who are, who are stretching out in different directions. There are a lot of opportunities for new composers trying to jump into this uh, crazy uh, industry. So uh, that's something that can give a lot of newcomers hope. 
we're talking about this PlayStation concert that's taking place in the Royal Albert Hall. Um, with things like that happening, it feels like video game music is gaining some real recognition that perhaps it hasn't always had. Do you think that's increased the prestige of being a video game composer? Like, do you find that people admire what you do or do you still sometimes face this kind of bafflement that I know I get sometimes when I tell people I work in video games? There certainly is a... Um, a, con a conception of what video games are that is rooted in the days of Pong and has no relationship to what games are now, but it's still really pervasive. It's just, it's dug its claws in. And the things, things like concerts like this one help to acquaint larger audiences with what games actually are right now, which is just very different. It's, it's as if uh, pe people would still think of the movie industry as being silent films and you have to continually tell them no no it let's go see an x-men film you know this is what it is now and it 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 feels like we have to continually do this over and over and over again but on the other hand something like this concert series it really is designed to appeal to an audience that doesn't play games i mean this is this is an audience of orchestral music lovers and the, these these are the kind of people who would really love the music being created for games but would never consider listening to it outside of a venue like this Both Jessica and Winifred spoke about the kinds of people who listen to video game music, whether or not they play games. But we thought we'd let some of our fellow concert goers tell us themselves. I do play games, I do, yeah, yeah I do play games, yeah. What kinds of games do you like to play? Well, I just play sort of normal video games, sort of, you know, but I mean, I haven't heard any of this, sort of, no. Oh, okay, fair enough. I like orchestral music and I like watching him play games, so it's kind of a bit of both. <laughs> Hi, I'm the him. It brings back so many memories and it's, uh, yeah, it's been incredible, incredible. I've never played games and I don't stand the, 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 game, the gaming industry at all, but the music is awesome. I've followed uh, Jessica Curry's career and Austin Wintry's career, who's one of the composers of, of Journey specifically. And so through them and through the games and the music, sort of everything came together. I'm a massive gamer and I also enjoy this kind of music too. Our interesting tech fact this week takes us to Papua New Guinea, where the government has banned Facebook for a month. According to the communication minister, Sam Basil, the hiatus will enable his department to study the effects of Facebook on the population of Papua New Guinea and to identify users who have fake accounts or post false information or even pornographic content. What would you do if you couldn't access Facebook for a month? Let us know what you think. Send us an email at chipspodcast at theguardian.com. I'd like to thank Jessica Curry and Winifred Phillips for joining me on the show this week. There'll be a link to Jessica's classic FM radio show, High Score, and Winifred's book, A Composer's Guide to Game Music, on this week's episode description on The Guardian website. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.
spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.